Hello and welcome to the FDI podcast. I'm Sebastian Shahadi, Global Markets Editor at FDI Intelligence. On today's show, I'm joined by Michael Green, CEO of the Social Progress Imperative. Thank you for joining us, Michael. Sebastian, hello as well. Pleasure to be with you. Thank you. We'll be discussing profit with purpose, more specifically, how foreign investors and domestic investors for that matter can use the Social Progress Index. Uh, developed by the social progress imperative, which is a new way to define the success of our society based on people's safety, health and freedom. The social progress index is designed to complement rather than replace economic measures such as GDP. Now, that was my brief, but if um, if one of the founders himself could uh, could elaborate a little on, on the social progress index, please. That's perfect. Um, I mean, the social progress index is very much a product of the financial crisis of 2008, we very much saw that our standard economic dashboard as a measure of success of our countries just wasn't enough. Uh, it was missing too many things. And I think we've seen that being confirmed with you know, the Arab Spring, rising inequality, growth of populism, and of course, sustainability questions. So what we've done is we said, let's not try and create a super measure mixing up economic and social indicators in one place. Let's create a complement for GDP a holistic measure of the real quality of life of people based entirely on social and environmental outcome indicators. So that's the, the big idea behind Social Progress Index that no one had actually done before. And then all we had to do was define what is social progress. Um, yes. We've been trying since Aristotle. I can't claim to have bested <laughs> Aristotle. But what we've come up with is a definition of social progress that I think is robust and defensible. It says, first of all, does everyone in our society have the basic needs of survival? Food, water, shelter, safety, effectively. Mm -hmm. Secondly, does everyone have the foundations of well-being? Education, um, access to information, health, and a good quality environment. And then thirdly, does everyone have opportunity measured in terms of rights, freedom of choice, freedom from discrimination, and access to advanced education? That's the basic building blocks of the Social Progress Index. And these are enshrined in the in the very memorable 17... UN, uh, was, it, was it the UN uh, Sustainable Development Goals, I believe? That's right. I mean, we started building the Social Progress Index in about 2011. So we, before the UN Sustainable Development Goals mm -hmm. were agreed, but we were always keeping an eye to make sure we were well aligned to those. Mm -hmm. And so Social Progress Index, we say, really must measures the same concepts as those 17 Sustainable Development Goals, which I think is important because it gets us past this question of, well, what is a good society? Actually, the Sustainable Development Goals represent a consensus that we have in the world about the kind of societies we try to build, and Social Progress Index helps us measure that. Would you say uh, briefly that you believe um, inequality, and this is a big old question, inequality, uh, economic inequality, um, social inequality is moving forward based on, on the Social Progress Index, the SPI? What's it telling us? What's the latest um, index telling us about uh, our freedom, our health, our, our, our progress. Well, Social Progress Index is there to tell us, um, to try and help to disentangle these questions. There's our economic metrics of GDP or income inequality. And we're separating those out and then saying, well, let's measure social progress and see what the relationship is. And the first thing I should say is that we see there's a strong relationship between GDP and social progress. Economic growth is not a bad thing for getting social progress. What we also see, however, is it's not the whole story. GDP isn't destiny. At any level of income, there are opportunities for more social progress, risks of less. So if you're thinking of planning the future of your society, your country, your city, whatever, economic growth on its own is not enough. Right. What we also see is, is that there's not a simple relationship with income inequality. Um, we see that there's countries like France uh, has lower income inequality than the UK. 
but isn't doing that much better on social progress. So it's not a, a simple story. What we do see as well is if we look at, we've been tracking data since 2014, the good news is actually the world is getting better. We Thanks. see a small but significant improvement in the global score on social progress since 2014, and that's a good thing. However, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you, you, you once said that at the rate we're going, um, we won't be achieving the SDGs, which were meant to be hit by 2030 until something like 2093 or 97. So that's, that's the bad news that goes with the good news. The world is getting better, but not fast enough. On the current trajectory, the 2030 Sustainable Development Goal targets won't be hit until 2073. So that's very late. Um, my only plan for 2073 is to be dead. So <laughs> I don't want to wait until that long. I think I'll be, I'll be on my deathbed. So um, we, we, <laughs> we need to get this sorted. Um, speaking of which, uh, could you tell me a little about... Um, a few more of the, the main trends and results that we're seeing at the moment. So I remember, I think, uh, in terms of uh, freedom, we're, we're going backwards more than we thought, but in other ways, uh, maybe sort of water development or health, we're going forward. Just a little more of the, the main results. Yeah, so what we can do is we can break down the aggregate scores and see which aspects of social progress are we, is the world getting better on fastest and where are the problems. So maybe start, start with the good news is that one of the big drivers of global social progress is actually the spread of mobile phones. So people, more and more people are getting access to information and that's actually a very big driver of social progress. We're also seeing with the widening middle class, the expansion of global higher education seeing quite big improvements in social progress in some countries, rich and poor alike, in fact. We're also seeing some solid progress on things like, you know, basic diseases, you know, maternal and child mortality, HIV, malaria, etc. We're also seeing some steady progress on things like water and sanitation. On those, not fast enough, but some progress. But where we're seeing the real problems around some of the perhaps what we might see as being softer issues, we're seeing the world very much stagnating on rights, we're seeing the world stagnating on safety. And then in particular, we've seen a big de decrease in the world score on rights since 2014. More than half the countries in the world have actually gone backwards on rights over the last six years. Is this a reflection of the growing wave of populism and right-wing extremism linked to that? Well, I think it's interesting to understand the relationship between the two. Certainly, we've seen that some of the countries that have seen a populist wave, the US, Brazil, are among the countries that have actually gone backwards over this period. And that's partly been the result of deteriorating scores on rights and, in, and uh, tolerance scores. Mm. In some cases, we see those uh, tolerance scores in particular decline after there's been a change towards a more populist government. And in some places, it's more of a leading indicator. So in Brazil, we saw a rising tide of, uh, of lower scores on inclusivity that preceded the election of Bolsonaro. Well, thank you, Michael. I think um, we'll now move on to how a, an investor, specifically a foreign investor, um, can use SPI, the Social Progress Index, to to deliver profit with purpose. Um, because that is my assumption that there is growing evidence that incorporating the SDG goals into your investment decisions is financially sound, right? Absolutely. I mean, we um, uh, when we started building the Social Progress Index, we uh, brought in... Uh, the world's leading expert on competitiveness, Professor Michael Porter of Harvard Business School, to be the chairman of our advisory board. And as he says himself, you know, the reason he got involved is for two reasons. First of all, that all his work on competitiveness has demonstrated to him that economic growth doesn't always lead to better lives. Mm -hmm. But secondly, that long-term economic success is built on strong social foundations. 
And I think that's critical. Yeah, we're building the social progress index because I think this is material, meaningful data that investors need to take into account if they're looking at their financial decisions. So um, could we break down some of the areas where you that you think are most um, uh, uh, prime for investment within within the social uh, SPI and more on how an investor can look at your SPI and say, okay, these are opportunities. This is where people need help. Societies need help. A little on that, please. Yes, I think what an investor can do with our data is say, well, let's have a look and see which countries are where perhaps they're deviating significantly from what the economic data is saying. So these are what countries that we would say are overperforming relative to their GDP or underperforming. So we would be saying that, you know, there are countries like, you know, Costa Rica or Nepal and countries like that are actually doing a very good job of turning their GDP into social progress. Something positive is happening there. Whereas we might want to be more worried about the countries that are not doing a good job, whose level of social progress is significantly lower than what you'd expect for a country of that wealth. The United States is a very good example. So that's one thing is I think we find a new lens to look at a country to think about those social environmental risks uh, that are there. You might also want to look at the direction of travel. So we can see which countries have been really improving quickly. What trajectory is a country on? So Brazil actually does a reasonable job of turning its GDP into social progress, but trajectory is negative. Whereas Ethiopia or Ghana have had a pretty positive tra- trajectory over the last five years. So that, that macro level, I think we can give a, investors a sense of where's a country at, what's the direction of travel, what's the context and environment for investment like. Right. I mean, realistically, an investor has a host, a huge criteria of reasons uh, to invest in a certain location and country. So, um, I mean, top of them will be will be uh, the more classic traditional business concerns. But I'd say the majority of people are going to, they're going to put SPI um, somewhere near the middle to, to bottom of list of, of priorities, for better and for worse, sadly. Um, in that case, should, so let's assume that I find, um, I'm, I'm all set to go into Ethiopia for, for my traditional business uh, reasons. But then I, I as an investor can, can take a look look at the SPI and see um, see where ha, whether or not I feel my investment can impact the country um, in in a certain way. But how can I use my investment to to, for lack of a better word, pressure or encourage mm. uh, the the Kenyan economy or society? You know, how how other than knowing that this country is doing well or not? Yeah, it's a great question. So I think one thing is I think would say is that part of it is around that investment decision is helping you understand where are the good places to invest and where maybe where are the risks. Right. Um, so I think one of the examples that really sort of inspired us as we were developing Social Progress Index was the, the Arab Spring, because there you had Tunisia that was getting all these plaudits from the World Bank, the World Economic Forum, and then there was a societal mm. com- collapse. So we think the data can actually help inform those investment decisions. What you could also do is look at risks. So you might be saying, be able to say, well, look, here's a country that's doing okay on social progress overall, but there's a couple of risk factors. So it actually helps investors think about what are the risks to my investment. Could it be that there's, it's the right situation, the poor infrastructure, right. et cetera? And then I think what you also can do is say, well, how can I contribute? Because mm-hmm. um, we can look across the, a country's social progress scorecard and see where there are strengths, where there are weaknesses, what's the direction of travel. And I think you know one of the big things for investment is business and business is getting away from that sort of corporate social responsibility mindset, that corporate philanthropy mindset, and saying we're going to just do water or health or something, but thinking about how businesses contribute to things like rights, right. through the rule of law, um, supporting the justice system, avoiding corruption. 
How do businesses contribute to inclusiveness through hiring practices and those kind of things? There's a whole host of ways that businesses can contribute that's so far beyond just the, the corporate social responsibility activities. And I think what by having a kind of a comprehensive framework that shows across those pieces, I think we can help businesses see how they can contribute and also, I think, measure their impact. Mm-hmm. Well, what we also do is um, we've, we produce a global social progress index measuring 149 countries. We also do a lot of work on subnational social progress indices for states and cities, et cetera. So what some businesses are doing, especially in the kind of extractive and agriculture sector, is using social progress index as a local tool to help them manage relationships with communities and local government. Right. So we've worked with corporate companies like Coca-Cola and Cargill and others using Social Progress Index at that local level to help them manage community relationships, community risk, political risk, et cetera, and use their businesses to help drive social progress for those communities. So they'll be, they'll be referring to your SPI to show that they are actually making an impact where it's needed? So to- so I think what social progress things can do at that very local level is it can <clears throat> create a structured discussion with the local community about what are their needs, um, how are they doing, to help forge a real sort of a common plan for a community right. about focused on their needs, what they most want. Then also the division of labour. I think for a company to say, okay, we've got this piece of the jigsaw, but we need government or the non-profit sector to do these other pieces of the jigsaw. Right. And then to be held accountable for it to demonstrate where investments in communities have paid off. And then also, I think, to be able to report back in terms of uh, your the people you're selling to, to say, look, this is how we're investing in our communities. This is how they're improving. You know, we are being a responsible business because there's so much pressure on businesses to demonstrate that now. And that's what Social Progress Index can do. The SPI, uh, I mean, it's suddenly, it's very, it's going to be even more important in, in the, the days, the years to come as domestic and foreign investment into the SDG related sectors is way behind much like your 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 uh, your initial conclusion in this podcast um we are we are behind achieving the SDGs uh investment is behind so you've already illustrated how how the SPI can help investors uh, find the right roadmap uh, identify the risks um how else and more generally more general is this question how, how else can can we encourage investors to to look for profit with purpose? Is this a culture that's changing? I mean, it's clearly not changing fast enough. So how do we how do we facilitate this change of mindset? Um, where you know that's quite a broad question. Let's see where we can go with that. Yeah, I think one of the great ironies is is that so much of the world's capital is owned by us uh, through our pension funds, etc., and then is invested in ways that we actually don't want, because so many of the, our institutions are geared towards short term returns. And I know you hear from a lot of corporate CEOs who say, we'd like to do more, but the capital markets are pushing me towards short-term returns. So I think that's one of the things, how do we actually think about shifting the balance of the investment toward uh, the investment horizon <clears throat> towards creating sustainable long-term value? Because ultimately, that's the rational place to be. And so I think what we want to do with Social Progress Index is provide some of the, the evidence and the data on that to show how actually there's a win-win here that strong social progress actually drives sustainable long-term success for businesses to then shift the whole capital market. Because if we're thinking about, for example, you know, the sovereign debt market, they shouldn't just be looking at economic indicators. There's a growing interest there in ESG indicators and how do you actually factor all these social environmental factors in thinking about which bonds to buy and at which prices. And that's, that should be happening. And Social Progress Index is trying to help that process by giving a robust benchmark 
for investors to look at different sovereign and sub-sovereign issuers um, in a kind of coherent way. And that's also why we need more greenfield foreign investment, which is ground up, physical, tangible, productive investment, not just uh, financing, so to speak. It's not mergers and acquisitions. So greenfield foreign investment, which is which is what we cover a lot here at FDI Intelligence at the FT, is is hugely important to achieving these physical, productive results that are necessary, so necessary in much of your index's indices. Um, uh, so maybe a little on, on the importance of foreign investment. I've said it there, really. No, no, it's absolutely, I'm going to say, foreign direct investment, especially uh, the, the huge potential for some of the, you know, emerging and developing countries to really accelerate social progress is, you know, fundamentally important. And, you know, how do we actually get that investment going to the right countries, the right sectors where there are the right opportunities mm-hmm. is, you know, hugely important. And I think what we can do is, again, social progress index can offer some insight about where there may be good opportunities. It also is a way of saying, if you're a country trying to attract investment, you've actually got to fix some of these problems. Mm. If you want investors to come, then you're going to have to make sure that you are reducing discrimination, you're putting education in place, you're building the infrastructure and creating that kind of win-win cycle. And that can very much be a big driver then of accelerating progress. But also, I think for you know, for even for some of the richer countries, this is really, really important. Um, we have a partnership with Deloitte, and a few years ago, they did a study looking at social progress and foreign direct investment. And one of their big findings was the importance of issues like inclusiveness for the most advanced economies, because if you're trying to attract attract the world's best talent to work in your business, it's not going to be a good thing if you are a discriminatory society because mm-hmm. people won't want to move there. So even these kind of soft factors, especially for the most advanced economies, can be really, really important. And have we, have we oh, before, before I move on to our last question, this means investment promotion agencies, government uh, agent, you know, Department of International Trade, whichever, um, they, they need to be using SPI, Social Progress Index, more and more in their uh, investment um, offering, online, in conversation. Are you seeing those kind of uh, groups and the private sector using SPI more? Is there any tangible evidence of your index being picked up more and more around the world? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the we think by Social Progress Index, by offering a kind of coherent and simple signaling tool is actually very powerful for governments to actually show where they're going and their kind of direction of travel. And also a very simple, coherent way for investors to look at all those different factors. Because one of the things we were very clear about when we built the index was that the world has too many um, sort of scoreboards and scoreboards have lots of different data. But how does it relate to it? How does it fit together? So providing one coherent measure of social progress, I think really is that as a design to help investors. So, yeah, we're excited that we've got investors who are starting to use the data. I mean, there's a, a global macro hedge fund called Richmond Global Compass, and they're integrating social progress into data into their investment strategy in pursuit of financial returns because they see this stuff as being material. And then we have other supporters. Uh, there's a municipal bond fund in the US called Breckenridge Capital are integrating our data into thinking about municipal bonds. Mm-hmm. So I think there's <clears throat> the growing interest from investors. Yeah, it just keeps every day more and more people are using it. And I think we're talking now about how we can better integrate this data into market benchmarks. And then I think you'll start seeing the virtuous cycle that more people start, investors start using it, countries will start talking about it and so on. And you haven't seen any uh, any countries shy away from it because they don't perform so well, whereas the countries that are performing well are picking it up. Is there any of that dynamic? Yeah, I mean, we always get countries, you know, uh, sometimes uh, complaining, sometimes celebrating how they've done. Mm. Um, 
you know, our analysis is entirely independent. And countries say they don't like rankings, but actually rankings drive attention and actually they drive action. And that's why we're doing it. We always say that the, the social progress index is not the end of the conversation, it's the start of the conversation. Right. And where we're very excited about is the way that we're seeing countries and regions and cities actually using this data to guide their public investments. You know, we're working across 16 countries in Latin America, across the European Union, India, South Africa, Australia, Canada, the US, a whole host of different uh, national, regional, state, city governments now using this data because it actually helps them make better decisions. In a nutshell, this this data is compiled based on 51 <coughs> rankings and uh, indices around the world and, or international rankings, is that right? So social workers is built, is built entirely on uh, existing data. Right. So we take data from the World Health Organization or from uh, expert assessments or we use some data from Gallup and we've, combined, and we've tested literally hundreds of different indicators to then carefully and select and weight 51 indicators so we can create a sort of robust measure to be able to compare countries. Thank you, Michael. Now, if we could just end um, briefly on on one or two more sort of regional global trends that the SPI is seeing. Is there a part of the world or a collection of cities that, that are doing particularly well in a certain regard that we could end on a trend? Well, a, a trend we see is how the biggest improvers really are in sub-Saharan Africa. And I think that's understandable that there's catch-up taking place. So, you know, poorer countries can tend to move faster. But I think especially given that there's often, still often so much pessimism about sub-Saharan Africa, it's really important to note that we've got Ethiopia and Ghana and Sierra Leone amongst some of the countries that are really, really moving fastest. And the fact that other countries could actually keep uh, go at the same pace as them. Mm -hmm. And actually maybe those 2030 Sustainable Development Goal targets could be seen a lot sooner than 2073. Indeed, I hope so. Well, Denmark will get there first, and let's let's hope that many many others get there before before we both uh, pass away. And on that uh, morbid note, <laughs> thank you for joining us, Michael. It's been a real pleasure. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. And if you'd like to listen, watch, or read more of our material, please check out fdiintelligence.com. Until next time, thank you.